Welcome to the podcast. Today I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Mike Black. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> That's the coolest uh, intro I've ever gotten. Yeah. <laughs> the man, the myth, gotta the legend. Gotta do it, gotta do it. <laughs> I'm Mike Black, and I'm giving up everything during a global pandemic. I believe right now is one of the best times to reinvent yourself, and so I'm putting everything on the line to prove it. This is the Million Dollar Comeback. And today we are talking about a project Mike has been sort of working on over the last six months to a year, and it's called the Million Dollar Comeback. Comeback. For those that don't know, could you sort of briefly describe what the Million Dollar Comeback uh, was? Uh, yeah, so the project, the MDC project, Million Dollar Comeback, um, pretty much I gave up everything, had to start from zero, had to cut off my network, no money, nowhere to live. The only thing I had on day one was one pair of clothes, a cell phone with internet, and uh, that's pretty much it. And we had uh, a year to build, or I had a year to build a, a business to a million dollars, um, starting with nothing. Right, right. And what inspired you to, uh, to do that? Um, so it was actually interesting because um, what inspired me to do it was there was a, a couple different people in my life that um, were affected pretty negatively from the pandemic. Um, so this is like early early in the pandemic, I had uh, a friend, uh, he had a business, $10 million revenue, went to like 2 million overnight. Had another friend that had quit his job right before the pandemic started. And then in America, um, if you do that, I don't know how it works in other countries, but if you quit your job, you can't collect unemployment. So he wasn't able to collect unemployment. And then he also wasn't able to get another job. Um, and things like this just like led to like a lot of depression for people that I knew. Um, and I was giving advice but I don't like to just give advice. Like it's, it's different if you're in that person's situation. So I literally just woke up one day and I was like, oh my God, what if I just go as rock bottom as I possibly can, which for me was giving up everything and um, going in quotes homeless. Um, and the real reason for that was I knew that if I, if I personally knew people that were going through this, tons of people everywhere were going through this people were losing their jobs people were going to be in this transition phase of their life where they might be starting a new career or they might decide they want to build their first business and i could be in a in in this uh during this project in a really good um position to help a lot of people through all of that not just like hey here's how to build a business which is awesome like they get to see me and all the stuff that i already might know but they also get to see like hey here's someone that knows something and like um has already built a, a business to a million dollars and look at all the mistakes he's making look at all the things he's screwing up look at how um all the struggles and how he might deal with it and how this is really a mindset game and during these times you got to believe in yourself and you got to have that belief that you can do whatever it is you want to do and then go out and actually do it put the work in so um, the point of the project was like, Hey, let's do this together. Um, and, uh, I just thought what a better time to, what, what a great time to do this. And what an amazing opportunity for me, um, to be able to help a lot of people. That's the way that I looked at this is like, I have a great opportunity to help people. And, um, what kind of person would I be if I, if I didn't take the opportunity to, to help people through a tough time. So put the money where the mouth is, was kind of what I was thinking. Um, now, last thing I want to add here, the reason for going again in quotes homeless 
and going as low as I could is I didn't want people to watch this. And let's say I started with maybe a car. I don't want people to watch this and be like, well, he had a car. He had a car. Well, he had a, a house that's nice. Or he had this. He had that. I wanted to be like the least amount of excuses as possible because people love to make excuses. So um, that's why I decided, hey, this is the lowest I can go. So let's go homeless. And uh, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, truly incredible. And um, speaking about taking excuses out of things, that's one thing I kind of noticed when I was looking at some of the, the YouTube videos, especially um, the YouTube videos that talk about what you did. Um, people are focusing on the negative aspect rather than uh, being inspired and seeing how, how they could apply, you know, even aspects to their own life, um, for sure. Yeah. And so early in the project, uh, you didn't have much food especially on the first day, how did it feel initially when you were sort of really hungry and uh, you had nothing on you and you just had to believe in something? Because as you said, belief is so important to to realizing you can do something. And if you don't have that belief, um, it's going to be a lot harder, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> starting yeah. with the food, the food, food was actually like the least thing I was worried about. Like I've done a seven day fast before, didn't eat anything for seven days other than water. So I wasn't worried about food. Um, but the first day I had, it took so much time to prepare for this project in regards to hiring people and figuring out like, how are we going to produce YouTube videos? How are we going to create content? Like I literally hired five full-time employees from nothing. I've never created content before. And we had to just figure out how to do it. So, um, that was a big time commitment. Um, and like, how do we get some traction before? So we actually had some, some, at least some eyeballs on the project when we start. So I literally did not get to spend a single second thinking, what the hell am I going to do on day one? Um, and like, if you watch the video when I'm like, I hand the keys in, I'm like, well, I'm homeless now. That's when I was like, okay, what am I going to do to actually make money? Um, and the first day was pretty brutal. It was, it was really tough. Um, nothing that I thought could work worked. Um, I ended up getting pretty lucky on the first day, but like the, like there wasn't anyone downtown. Like I lived downtown in Austin, but I hadn't left my apartment because all I was doing was working on getting everything ready for, for producing the project. And I didn't realize it was a ghost town. Like there was like no one to even like panhandle, um, towards so it was uh day one was was very very tough it was very hot july 10th in austin texas is my biggest concern was water we'll just put it that way that was my biggest concern so um if, if things went to plan and there were lots of people in downtown austin uh what would you have done uh instead compared yeah to what so so if my situation was there's tons of people downtown I, one of the things that went through my mind when I was walking to downtown that I was going to do was I was going to panhandle and I was going to buy waters and then flip waters. That's how I was going to try to make some money. I was going to buy water and then flip water. Um, if you buy, I mean, you can go to the store and, and buy like a case of water for five, 10 bucks. And you probably get like, I would assume like, I don't know, 70 waters or so for like 10 bucks. I'm not 100% sure, but I assume it's around that. And then you sell them for a buck a piece, and there's your first $50, $60. Um, that was my 
initial thought while I was walking downtown. But once I realized there was literally no one downtown and no one wanted to be near people because of uh, the pandemic, I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> what am I going to do to make money? So um, I, I did a lot of different things to try to make uh, some money. And I wasn't able to on the first day, but luckily uh, pulled it together on day two and three. So early on, I think the first day, actually, you met a guy called Isaac. And uh, I was wondering, did you ever meet up with Isaac again um, and sort of reveal your identity? Has he found out yet? No. So Isaac was um, super awesome. He's the guy that let me uh, live in his RV. For those that are listening, uh, Isaac literally let me... I was about to sleep on a bench. Um, I literally had like laid down on the bench and I had met him on a site called couch surfing. So like I was posting everywhere. I was posting on in Facebook groups on Craigslist. I went, I made a couch surfing account and he, everyone on, everyone was like, Nope, can't sleep here. Can't sleep here. Can't sleep here. Cause of the, the pandemic. And, uh, he hit me up. It might've been like 10 or 11 at night, right when I was about to go to sleep, uh, after like a day of just failing completely. Um, and then I think I stayed with him maybe for two to two months, maybe a little more in his RV. And I ended up making a deal with him to pay him to let me stay there. But like doing it, um, like not everything up front, like as I made money. Um, and then I ended up selling his RV for like two or three grand more than he wanted to. So he was super happy about that. But then when he moved and I moved, we, I still kept in touch with him. because I was like, man, this would be really great to like just reveal it during the project and like get that footage. But then he just had stopped talking to me. So um, he was a really like uh, to himself type of person. Like he had an iPhone, but he didn't use it. Right, he used right. like a BlackBerry. Um, mm. He was very, very like to himself. So um, I don't know if he stopped using that number or what, but I have not been in touch with him since the project, um, which is unfortunate because right, right. um, I would love to... Uh, you know, get that on, on, on footage and also like thank him for everything. And I had some really cool things planned that we didn't get to do. Um, but maybe one day, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully like someone that knows him sees the video and then like he watches it mm. and hits me up. It'll definitely, it definitely happen one day and I can't wait for that day. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be an exciting day to have a collaboration with you too. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you was before you were starting the project, I'm sure you told sort of friends and family and some friends or family might've been supportive, but you probably had quite a few people that weren't supportive. Um, so, um, I was just wondering sort of who did you have that wasn't supportive and how did you deal with that criticism? Um, so I, I'm, I don't care what other people think, like, Anyone that that would have been like, hey, you shouldn't do this or this is stupid or whatever, that just doesn't matter to me. The only opinion that really matters uh, to myself is my own opinion. Um, and if you let other people's opinions get in the way of what you're going to do, then you might not do the things you actually want to do. Um, and I think if you lead with good intentions always, other opinions don't matter um, for the most part. So... Um, most people were supportive of I me. Mean, my, my mom really didn't want me to do this because she was super nervous about it. Um, but everyone else, like most people are like, wow, this is a super cool project and you're crazy. That was the majority of the thoughts 
there were some friends in quotes um, that might have been like shit talking about it behind my back and stuff that I, I put in one of the courses that we free course that we put out. Um, mm, yeah. Um, because I, th I feel like that this holds a lot of people back. It was the number one message I was getting during the project is people are like, Hey, like, like I care too much about what other people think. How do I fix this? And that's like, you have to have enough self like certainty and confidence in yourself to not care what other people think and self love too. Um, so when you have those things, if you are really confident in yourself, you have a lot of self love, you have a lot of certainty in what you're doing and you have good intentions. It's hard to care what other people think. It's so hard. Um, so it didn't, that none of that affected me at all again, but for the most part, people were supportive. My mom was just a little, uh, a <laughs> little upset that I was going homeless. She's a little nervous, but, um, but right, right. it wasn't too, anything too crazy. Mm. Did you have to uh, cut contact off with her as no, well? No, my or so, to so like I, I cut contact off with everyone. The only people that I talked to, um, why well, I had to run our production team, um, and do all that. Uh, we had some clients at my business that I would touch base with, and team members that I touch base with to make sure the uh, the ship was still running. And then um, my parents, I would check in with just to let them know I was okay. <laughs> I just say, hey, I'm alive. Right, right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was that again, after like a couple of weeks, my mom was a lot happier cause she just knew that I wasn't, you know, mm. yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. imagine. Yeah. If somebody wanted to develop certainty and confidence in what they were doing, um, how would they actually go about doing that? Okay. So the question is like, how would, if, if you lack confidence, how do you gain confidence? Yeah. If you lack confidence. Yeah, how do you gain that confidence? Yeah, so I think it's a couple things. One is like people have a lot of self-limiting beliefs. And you have to you have to be really self-aware um, of either, A, what those self-limiting beliefs are. And by the way, everyone has self-limiting beliefs. Like there's not a single person in the world that doesn't have a self-limiting belief unless like someone's completely delusional. Um, but you have to be aware of what are your self-limiting beliefs. And then you have to be really self-aware of the things that you want and the things that you want to achieve in life. And then you have to figure out how do I get past those? And I think part of what, what, um, what can really drain people of confidence is when they take too many L's, they take an L and an L and an L and it doesn't matter what it is. Let's just say it's like they want to get a certain career and, like they keep job hunting and things aren't going well and they keep getting L's and L's and L's and L's. And then they start going, well, I'm not good enough to do this. I can't do this. I can't, uh, get this type of career or I can't build that business. Like there's no way I can do that. I don't have the experience to do that. Um, I think what those individuals need to do is number one, understand the past does not equal the future. So like just because you take an L's in the past doesn't mean, I mean, this is something we learn in fine. I was a finance major. That's like the first thing you learn is, past history of how the market's um, done does not equal the future. Your past doesn't equal your future. Um, so those things that build up, you have to just let them go and go, I'm capable of more. And you have to actually be certain that you are, you have to have that certainty that you can do it, but that takes committing to something. So whatever it is that you want to change, you want to gain confidence in, 
you have to really commit to it. So if you didn't have the confidence to build a business, for example, like I don't have the skills to, to build a business. You have to, you have to have all these skills to do this. You have to understand everyone sucks. Like every, everyone sucks. Everyone, you know, that runs a business, they suck. I suck. Like they, they suck at a lot of things. The difference is they just have confidence in themselves. And once you realize that, like, it's okay to suck. Everyone literally sucks. It's okay to suck. You need to figure out what are you good at? What do you need to get better at? And then you got to go after it and commit to it. And then once you really realize that and you have a belief that you can do it and you actually start taking massive action and you start seeing even a little bit of results, that's how you start uh, increasing that certainty that you can do it. And then once you increase it a little bit with a small W, if you get a small win and another small win, another small win, I think for a lot of people that can build more and more, more and more and more certainty and certainty confidence is built out of certainty. So, um, I would look for it. You got to change the mindset again. Know that everyone sucks. Like, it's not just like, Oh, you don't have experience. Like go out, go find people that have done what you're trying to do. And then once you have the belief that you can do it, or even if it's like half a belief, which you want to go all in on it. But, um, once you start getting those small wins, it builds certainty, builds confidence. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one thing I realized this year that nobody really knows anything, but they are faking it and sort of faking it till they make it. And uh, when you look at anybody, it could be a business owner, it could be somebody that is successful, you think they have it all together, they know something that you fundamentally don't know. Uh, but the real thing which opened my eyes was to realize that um, everybody is just like you, they're all scared, they don't know what's going on. And so at some level, you have to be certain about something, you have to decide, hey, this is what I believe. 100%. And when you know that, right, and when you know that nobody, that everybody doesn't know anything, that gives you certainty. It gives you certainty in the fact that you don't know anything because now you can build your foundation from nothing. You have certainty in knowing that. The people, the people that are out there killing it, they're no different than you. They just have more courage. That's it. They have more courage. Exactly. They have courage that they can go and do it. They're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but they have courage. They have courage. So get courageous, my yeah. friends. You can do it. It, it. It's it's super interesting. Like I was just interviewing someone for like a, a leadership role. And this person doesn't have a lot of leadership experience. And they were like, man, I wouldn't be able to do this. Like I just don't have XYZ experience. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. And if you think like that, yeah, you're. <laughs> of course you can't do it. Of course you can. Um, so again, it's, uh, all situations are different. Um, all things you're going after are going to be different, but at the end of the day, courage is the same across whatever it is that you're going to go pursue. So, um, just know everyone sucks. The people that suck that you know of that you don't think suck, but they do suck. They just have courage. Mm, that is so true. And so during this project, I imagine you were in many situations where you had to uh, develop even more courage compared to, um, you know, your security you would have before this. Um, so I was wondering if you had any major shifts in your mindset 
before and after the project? Honestly, uh, not really. Like my mindset didn't really change. Um, like I've right, always right. been like when I make a decision on something, I want to do it. I just go after it. So there was nothing that I had to do to like, be like, okay, I got this. Like, um, I was just doing my thing. Um, like just grinding, trying to get on my feet. Um, I don't think I needed any type of mind shift change personally, but I would have been really screwed if I didn't believe I could ever get on my feet. If I didn't believe I could ever do it. If I didn't believe I could build a business, if I didn't believe I could build relationships, like I had to build relationships with a ton of people while being homeless. And like I, part of the, what I didn't um, describe in the beginning was like, I also couldn't, like I was undercover. So when I met someone, like I was coming from a background of like, Hey, yeah, I've been a waiter. That's like what I tell people is like, yeah, I like work in the hospitality industry. I've been a waiter for five years. Like that was my MO. Um, so like I, I had to, com <laughs> I convinced the dude that I found in a Facebook group to co-sign a, uh, a lease with me when I did the rent hack. Um, he, at the end of the day, like he was co-signing a lease with a homeless dude, not knowing it. Um, if I was going into that though, and I was like, well, I can't do this. No one's going to want to work with me because I don't, I, I'm a, I'm a waiter or, um, like I have no credentials for this, then that would never happen. And that's, that's a lot of what motivated me to do this. Cause there's people I know that that's exactly what their thought process is. It's like, well, I can't do it. Like, why would anyone want to work with me on this? Why would anyone want to partner? Why would anyone do X, Y, Z? So, um, mind shift wise, none of my mind shift changed. Some of the core beliefs I had were validated. And the biggest one is just overall victim mentality. Um, I got a job offer on day two with no background, no resume, nothing. Just like hitting up people on Craigslist. And um, like, it wasn't a lot, but I got offered like nine bucks an hour to do like social media for a company. Um, and they didn't interview me. They didn't ask anything about my background. They were just like, hey, we need a person to come in to contract $9 an hour, blah, blah, blah. And got a job like this. I didn't end up doing that because of the commuting stuff. And I had started making a lot of money flipping stuff on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. Um, and then uh, I started doing something called Shift Smart, which was like a, a gig you do on your a computer. And you do like cold calling, like telemarketing. And I was making 10 bucks an hour. Um, but what I really validated was like for, for myself was like, you can start from nothing and very, very quickly get on your feet. Um, don't care who you are. Don't care what the color of your skin is. Doesn't care. Don't care what your situation is. Like having a victim mentality is never a way to win in anything. Um, especially in America. Um, so a lot of that stuff was just validated, um, for me. I think, um, it's easy to fall into that victim mentality. It's almost like everything around us in society is telling us we need a certain credential, you know, like a university degree or, or something to be qualified to do something, but realizing that you are enough and you are capable of doing any endeavor you want to do, I think is, is so powerful. 100%. The next question I have is um, gratefulness. 
Um, does what does gratefulness mean to you, and is that something you employed during the project? Oh my god, yeah. Uh, I think gratefulness is the biggest skill set that I personally have. I think if you lack gratitude, you need to invest, like, stop what you're doing and invest all your time into learning how to how to be more grateful. Um, it's really hard to um, be in a bad state of mind when you have gratitude, um, and like for me, this is just natural. A lot of people have to like legitimately work on it and I can always increase my level of gratitude, but I'm not kidding. When I wake up every day, every single day, I unconsciously am so fucking grateful that my, that I have my right leg, that my left shoulder doesn't hurt, that my neck isn't messed up, that I can see, that I can talk, that I can fucking hear. Like, do you know how awesome it is that you can hear? Like, if you, imagine you were driving a car, the holidays are coming up, people are driving drunk, let's say you're driving your car, drunk driver hits you and bam, all of a sudden, car smashed, you wake up in the hospital and you wake up, your leg's not there. Your leg is gone, literally your freaking leg's gone. Just try to like envision that, that situation in your head, you're at the hospital, your family's there, everyone's so upset, you're like, oh my God, I don't have a leg, what the hell am I gonna do? You finally get out of the hospital after however long that takes, couple weeks, you go home and it's the first time you're living life again, uh, not even normally, because now you don't have your right leg. Like, that could depress a lot of people. Now, imagine, after living like that for a year, you wake up the next day and bam, your leg's just magically there. You would be in fucking tears for a month. Yeah. You'd be so grateful. There wouldn't be a single day that goes by that, you're, that you are not grateful for having your right leg. That's how you need to live every day. Like all the stupid shit that happens to people throughout the day that like throws them into this bad state of mind. It's just like, it's almost like the audacity you have fucking have to be ungrateful when you have your right leg, when you have your left leg, your fucking body works. Um, I think when you, now when you're ungrateful, when you're on un, now, just imagine just being in this great state all the time. Cause you're so happy, so grateful for everything you do have. And then you have a bad day at work. Susan is just such a bitch today and it really pisses you off. But you have your right leg. <laughs> You're pumped. Like, you don't care that Susan was being a bitch. Um, but if you see life the other way, where everything just happens to you, the world is after you, everyone wants you to fail. Oh, my God, Susan hates you. Today, like, like someone was being really annoying on the bus. Like, all these things start irritating you. And you see life in such a negative light. You're in such a bad state that you're not able to achieve any of the things that you're truly capable of achieving when that's the, the mindset you're just walking around life with all the time. Um, and again, I don't spend a ton of time practicing gratitude um, because it's just very natural. Like I, it just, it just happens to me. Like um, if you're someone that, that, it's not as natural for, I would suggest just trying to like think of three things you're grateful for every day or night and make it a routine and just write it down 
really think about it. What are you super grateful? It could be like the smallest thing. It could be something really big, um, like a moment that you can remember um, that you're just really grateful for. Or it could be, the, again, the smallest thing. My lungs. Just took a deep breath. It felt great. My lungs work. I'm so grateful my lungs work. Uh, anything, anything that's super small, I would just think about it, like really think about it, like maybe three things every day to just practice that. Um, and I think that can, uh, can help a lot of people in achieving the things that they want to achieve when they're just in such a, a good mind state because of gratitude. I totally agree. Gratitude is so important and it completely shifts how you see the world and how you interact with the world. And when you can be, look at everything with a positive mindset, then you are, um, really going to feel better about everything you do and if you feel better about everything you do you are putting yourself into a positive uh, spiral and that's going to spiral upwards and get you into uh, a better state uh, or where you want to go yeah so going back to uh, the million dollar comeback would you have done anything differently if you could uh, redo it? <laughs> yeah, I do so many things differently. Um, the first thing is I would have done production like totally different. I would not have hired this like crazy team and whatnot. I would have just like maybe filmed it. I would have like one editor and maybe like filmed it all myself or like one editor and then a shooter like a couple days a week. Um, I think that could have saved one, a lot of money on production and two, um, it would have been a little bit more raw in how we did things. Also, if I had to go back, I would have gotten much, much better at YouTube before doing it. I didn't understand YouTube super well. Like I understood it. Now I understand it pretty well, but like how to like actually rank on YouTube, um, just from a marketing perspective, cause I really wanted to get the message out to as many people as we could, cause then we could help more people. So from a logistics perspective that I would have done differently. Also, I spent way too much time on production, like it, like being homeless and having to run a production team was very challenging. Um, in regards to like getting on my feet and what I would have done differently if I had to start the project all over, um, I probably would have um, potentially just went all in on the marketing agency that I was doing and tried to really scale that versus do that plus an e-commerce business plus this business, uh, the rent hack. Um, I, the reason I did the rent hack was cause like, I felt like there'd be so much value in that for someone watching cause rent is the number one expense people have. But if you want to hit a million dollars in that short period of time, it's very hard to do all those different things at once. Um, so I definitely would have done those things differently. Um, but other than that, like, I don't know too much like what I would have done differently. It would just would have been a lot nicer to have more time to actually like survive and like build a business than like have to run the production stuff. Um, so I think those are maybe the, the biggest changes that I would have done if I had to go back. Mm, right, right. That's pretty understandable. Um, so let's move into some of the criticism we've gotten from people. Uh, I understand some people think you might be trivializing what it means to be homeless or to, uh, since you have a, in a sense, unfair advantage because of your prior skill set or knowledge that what you are doing is um, 
sort of trivializing what it really means to be poor in, in that situation, in that mindset. So uh, for those people, how would you respond? What would you say? To uh, well, so a couple of things. First off, I'd say to the individual, like, dude, if you guys have this mindset, you're never going to get where you want in life. Because I've seen, I didn't, I really did not look at many of the comments. Um, I try to respond as many comments as I can on my own videos. For that video, I really didn't um, go through all the comments, but I saw like the typical ones you get where it's like, hey, it's so easy for someone that's that's already made a million dollars a year with their business. It's so easy, this, this, this. Like those are the excuses that are keeping you where you're at. You look at things and you go, because, because, the, the real because for you is you don't want to look in the mirror and, and admit to yourself that it's not situational. It's not because of the color of your skin. It's not because of that. It's not because of that. It's because of you. It's because of you. Um, now, in regards to like the criticism around homelessness, there's two things. Number one, and I made this very clear when I started the project in my own videos, this was never about helping homeless people. That's not my skill set. I'm not capable of helping homeless people. Um, I don't um, think I'm the person that has the background to do that. That wasn't the goal. The goal of going homeless was to say like, Hey, I'm starting lower than someone that has X, Y, Z in regards to, um, like a house, car, et cetera. So they couldn't make excuses. Um, I want to make it as hard as I could on myself. Um, with that being said, there's obviously like a mindset that, that I have now, um, my skill set is not just in like building a business, et cetera. My or my advantage, my advantage, my main advantage over everyone watching is my mindset. It's the, the, the biggest advantage I had was going into this, whether I was, whether I'd be legitimately in real life homeless or fabricated through a project, my advantage is my mindset because I'm, I've always been in total control of my mindset and it's always been in a really good place. And I've been good at keeping it in a good place and staying focused on where I want to go. Um, but the other thing I'll say about the homelessness, there's stuff that we didn't talk about during the project, um, that we never put in the footage. Uh, and there's a lot that I learned about homelessness kind of semi randomly, semi through research people that have opinions about homelessness don't know anything usually about homelessness. The truth is there's a lot of people that are homeless that actually had way, way more than I do. Like there was a dude that I met that had um, three to $5,000 worth of computers. Um, there's two dudes I met that, that were homeless during the project. They lived in an office and they had they both had cars. They both had very nice computers. Um, and they were living significantly better than, <laughs> than I was. Um, when people think of homelessness, they're coming from a very ignorant place. Like unless you've actually gone and, and spent time with people that are homeless trying to solve the issue, then don't, don't talk about homelessness because you don't know anything about it. Unless you were actually homeless, don't talk about it because you, you don't know anything about it. It's just this victim mentality. Um, a lot of people that are homeless, they actually are very capable individuals. Some people come on, on hard times. Some people choose to be homeless. Some people have mental um, issues that they're dealing with and drug addiction. Um, so yes, my major advantage going into this mindset, I don't think people, ha almost all people that are in that situation don't have the same mindset. Um, that was the biggest advantage that I had.
Now, again, the point of the project was to show people how to build a business, how to make that career change, how to lift themselves up and make that transition that they're trying to make in their life during a tough time. The point of the project wasn't like, hey, if you're homeless, you suck and you should do these things so you're not homeless. That was not the point of the project. Um, going homeless was just to um, start at the lowest point that I could possibly go again so people couldn't look and be like, well, he had a car, he had this, he had this. Just like, I don't like excuses. So I just wanted to reduce the amount of excuses because guess what? If I started with a car, guess what you'd see in the comments? Well, he had a car. <laughs> And it'd be the same fucking people. Um, so, yep. yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I mean, um, I honestly feel bad for people that leave like the negative comments. I love it. Like, like I love getting negative comments. I don't know why it gets me going. I like, I, it doesn't affect me, um, in a, a negative way, maybe a little bit of a positive way. Uh, I just think, I don't know. I kind of like enjoy seeing people that are on that side of the fence when I'm doing something. It's not that it like drives me more because it, that it definitely doesn't drive me more, but maybe a little. Um, but I also just, it drives me because those are the people that I want to help. Um, like I wish I could take those people that are in the comments and grab them and bring them here and do 90 days with them. Um, because there's a lot of things that they need to change with the way that they think that's keeping them where they're at. And that's one, why they're leaving comments on YouTube, but two, that's why they're thinking that way. Um, it's just the excuses. It's the excuses. This guy has already made a million dollars. I can't do it, but he can because he's already done it and no one else can do it because, because he, he never, because when he was born, he was already had made a million dollars. Like <laughs> people are just, again, the it's, it's a victim mentality. Um, and, uh, yeah, unfortunately too many people think that way. Mm, absolutely. We're all put into situations in life and they might not be the situations we want to be in. Uh, but at some point in time we have to take the best out of it and move forward because there's no amount of critical thinking or negative thinking on yourself that is going to help you. It's going to make you worse. But if you can be grateful for what you have and to use that to power yourself into a better situation, uh, that is going to uh, benefit 100%, you, right? 100%. Um, 120%. Mm. Uh, one of your rules was cutting off your entire network. And uh, that sort of meant you didn't have any of your friends for, I don't know, six months or however long um, the project was lasting for. Um, so how did that feel? And did you uh, even find that you missed social connection, that you needed to make new friends? Or were you very much focused on um, getting to those, getting to that a million dollars? Yeah, so... Um... I didn't care about that. Honestly, um, I was so busy. Like I'd wake up and it was just like grind, grind, grind. Um, I did still take calls with friends when they would need advice. So I have a lot of business friends. Um, and some of them would, would be like, Hey man, I'm dealing with X, Y, Z. Can you hop on a quick call? 
Um, so like between like a walk to the bus or something, I jump on and just give advice. So I got maybe a little bit of social connection through, through that, I guess. But, um, other than that, like, um, and maybe that was a some form of advantage during the project. Having the, the production team was social connection, um, like leading the production team and being around those people and stuff and having to, like I became, I mean, I'm great friends with everyone on the production team now. So, um, so I guess I did have that, we'll call it as an advantage of having to be with them, um, throughout the day and stuff was some form of not being like completely, I don't know, lonely. Um, with that being said though, uh, there were people that I met during the project, like Isaac, Isaac wanted to hang out. Um, but like, obviously I, I didn't really spend much time with him cause I was building the business. But, um, so if I did want to build like social connection, I could have tried to do that. Like if it were real life and my goal wasn't like a number, like I need to hit a million bucks. Um, I'd obviously be like grinding like hell for the first like three months to get on my feet. And then after that, I'd make some friends. Um, but I did, you know, I hung out with Zach a bit, the guy that I lived with, um, in the house after I moved out of the RV with Isaac. Um, he always wanted to hang out. I didn't hang out with him very much, but, uh, but it was cool hanging out with him. He became like one of my best friends, um, during the project. And I still talk to him like every couple weeks, um, uh, now. So we're, we're, we're still buddies, but, um, but yeah. Is there anything you do to keep your health in sort of a good state when you are working so much? Not then. <laughs> I was crushing beans out of a can, which right, I'd never right. recommend anyone does. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, I still do eat beans though. I still crush beans, but not out of a can. Um, uh. <laughs> I have a, an autoimmune disease that, which was one of the main reasons that I ended the project early. It got like totally out of hand. Um, so I didn't do a good job of managing my health during the project at all. Um, I lost a, a good amount of weight. Um, I just wasn't, I was eating healthy, but not super healthy again, like eating out of Kansas and healthy. Um, but like, I still like meal prepped during the project. I didn't make it to the gym, which isn't good, but, um, I was meal prepping. I was riding a bike to and from the office. Um, but like you can, you can eat super healthy and be super broke. Um, once I had a, a kitchen, when I moved into the house, I was able to meal prep. So I'd meal prep like once a week and I was eating really healthy, like pasta, chicken, uh, was still eating beans, but you can like cook beans normally and not, uh, like in a, a pot or pan or whatever and not, um, you'd have a can again, highly recommend not doing that. But now once the project was over and I started getting back to normal, there's a lot of things I do to stay very, very healthy, uh, or as healthy as possible, especially with an autoimmune disease. Um, and I think it's, there's nothing more important than your health. So there's no excuse not to take care of it. Doing that project was a bad excuse not to take care of it. I should have, after getting on my feet within like a week or two, I should have figured out a way to at least work out outside. Uh, cause at the end of the day, like not treating your body good is just never a good call ever. 
absolutely. Health is so important. As somebody who's also suffered many health issues in the past, um, if your health declines, then you can't focus, then you can't work, then you can't do so many things. So having that um, pillar that is lifting you up is um, essential for being able to do anything, I guess. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with that, let's wrap it up. Just one final question. Um, if there's any sort of takeaways somebody could get from the podcast, how would you summarize uh, the million-dollar comeback? So the way I'd summarize the, the, the million-dollar comeback is the mission behind the project is you can do whatever you set your mind to. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. If someone that looks like you, uh, that comes from the same background as you, has done whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, you can do it too. You just have to get the brain on the right, uh, in the right mind space and believe in yourself and become certain that you can do it. And then once you take massive action, then it's all uphill from there. So it's the biggest takeaway I'd say, uh, hopefully people take from, from the project in the interview. Thanks for coming on the show, Mike. I really cool appreciate stuff. it. I appreciate it, Dylan. Had fun here.